Well, as they say in radio, let's do that radio. Welcome to Happy Hour. Happy Thursday, everybody. Sean Camwell, Adam Harahaki, your local alternative solid state radio. Glad to have you here on a Thursday afternoon. And, well, you know where we're headed right off the jump because this is, you know, this show. And you know where our obsession lies. So, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Wings taking on the Jets tonight. Yeah. Alex DeBrinkett may or may not play. He's not feeling well. He's green behind the gills, and as I was yesterday, I, I, I understand. So maybe it is this point streak over. <laughs> God, I hope not. That would suck. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not seeing anything. I mean, I saw some headlines, but nothing's uh, on my unreliable source of Yahoo. There's still no official update on whether or not the Cats playing. Probably game time decision. It, it, it's looking like it. So it's been reported Robbie Fabry is skating today, and so is DeBrinket, for whatever it's worth. Good. Per uh, Daniela Bruce. I don't know if she actually works for the Illages or for um, 97.1 or whatever, but that's the report as of right now is he is at least skating. And per... Uh, Per the daily face-off, and Frank Cervalli and company know what they're talking about. Typically, Debrinkit is in the starting is in the lineup tonight on the first line alongside Larkin and Raymond as per normal. I hope that pans. I mean, hope he doesn't uh, play sick and put himself in a situation where he could get injured. I don't. I'm hoping he doesn't. I don't think he will. But. It, the way it sounded like him was it was he was quote feeling under the weather or whatever yeah. so more so than it was like he was injured. Well, he's carrying the whole team on his back. That's going to happen. Yeah. Reports are now coming in that uh, Fabry during uh, some skating drills waved to somebody in the stands and separated his shoulder. He is now three to five weeks. That sounds about right. Now and, and note that in the lineup I just gave you that no uh, Fabry is not listed as being in the lineup tonight. No, I'm there. he's still a couple weeks away. I mean, it's at least good news that he's back skating again, though. Yeah. I mean, cause, well, considering it was a lower, it was a leg injury, so the fact that he's on skates is a good sign. Very good sign. You'll just, love to see it. just wrap him up in bubble wrap, get, get him some calcium pills, and <laughs> tell right. him to pay attention once in a while. Exactly. Looks like, if anything, Costin and Petrie would be the odd men out tonight of the lineup. It's, it's going to be one of those two is going to be your healthy scratch. Well, Costin, the... I guess Costin is injured. That's what I've been, I had been reading. Really? Mm-hmm. It, apparently he was skating, so it's hard to, hard to say. I believe his was an upper body because he was getting into some scraps. That's one of the reasons why Iserman brought him on board. Right. So... He that is seemingly the reason that he's here right now, by and large, yep. for whatever it might be worth. So that's going down. I I forgot Nemestikov is with the Jets now, so we're gonna see him tonight. Oh, that's right, Neman Stinkoff, absolutely. Name Stinkoff, yes. It so you know old friend coming back to back to town, and you got to think that the Wings are gonna kill the Jets. The, they have the the Jets have one of the worst penalty kills in the NHL right now. They've given up seven goals on twenty five chances. Well, they're they're the Wings. I mean, have been put into a good situation where they can win this game, but they they can't play like they did against uh, the Kraken. 
They should have won against the Kraken. The Kraken came into the ga- that game 1-3-1. One, and one, and They should have won except for stupid Jaden Schwartz going and throwing his stick yeah. and blocking a shot from Mata. Oh, but, you Why, know, how is that not a penalty shot? Can someone explain to me in what universe that wasn't a goddamn penalty shot? 14,000 people saw it, but four referees did not. Okay. I, I'm, I'm on board. Sure. Refs are garbage. Yep. Fire them all out of a cannon into the sun. <laughs> the fix is in. But, I mean... You got you got to battle the refs too. I mean, we've seen that in, in all sports. You you got to battle those refs too because that's uh, that kind of stuff is going to happen. So no, absolutely. I'm not blaming. I'm I'm not okay. I can't, I'm kind of blaming the refs for the loss yeah, there, yeah. but and I and I'm normally got, no. You got to overcome that stuff. But it was so egregious. It was so blatantly BS. Come on, that is n- never not a penalty. Right. Yeah, I, I can't believe infuriating that they, that they missed that. And if they They've got some explaining to do. Gene Schwartz is a punk ass. <laughs> Hate it. I don't. I don't like it. I don't approve it. It's garbage. Total effing garbage. Uh, who do they got in net for? James Reimer. He's getting the call in net for. Yep. Reimer is getting the start for Detroit, and of course, Connor Hellebuck is getting the start for Winnipeg because that's all they have. <laughs> <laughs> they bring out a backup goalie, but they cover up his number. They put a bag over his head. You know, we don't we don't want you to see who he is. Basically, like I assume that's what they do in Tampa when uh, Vasilevsky doesn't play. <laughs> Same deal. <laughs> they just we, go right to the emergency uh, uh, goalie. We we didn't prepare for this situation because we didn't think it would ever actually come up. So uh, we're just going to make the, put the Zamboni driver in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, John Cooper. He would try to put the Zamboni in front of it. No, he put the actual Zamboni. You know, <laughs> you know, we could probably make a jersey big enough to put over the Zamboni. We'll be fine. It's okay. Totally works. Ex- exactly. No one wants to try and fight that goaltender, though. I tell no. you. No, run into the, don't run into that goaltender. You'll, you'll break something. Actually, for what it's worth in Tampa so far, uh, Jonas Johansson, who's the guy who's getting all of the starts since uh, Vasilevsky went down, doing pretty good. He is leading the league in saves and save attempts. Wow. And I believe he's leading the league in uh, goals against. In Well, in that, you know, he's the fewest goals given up. Nice. 299 save percentage, 917 save percentage, or 917 save percentage, 299 goals against average. He's already pitched a shutout this year. So, I mean, they're actually doing pretty well in his absence. And for whatever it's worth, Hellebuck's being backed up by former Vegas Golden Knight, Laurent Brassois, one of like oh. 25 goaltenders or so that that team went through last year. Laurent Brassois. I remember him being fairly decent. He wasn't terrible. But Vegas, you know, they went through 25 goalies last season. Probably they figure they can't hold on to all of them yeah. as much as they would have liked to, I'm sure. So they, they let him move on, and he's now backing up Hellebuck, which means we'll never see him again. <laughs> Congratulations, kid. Your career is over. Yeah, good luck with that. Let, let us know how that works out for you. Oh, plenty more to do today. I, we're going to touch on the Michigan stuff eventually again because another report came out from the Washington Post last night about the whole Michigan football and sign stealing and all that fun stuff. I guess we do technically have the World Series at some point to discuss and who I'm rooting for there. And you can imagine, well, if you've been following that whole thing, you know who it is and why. And then just some other general stupidity today. It's a, it's it's a it, it's Thursday, I like man. general stupidity. We don't get enough of it on this show, so that's going to be a I'm sure a decent chunk of the mix today. It's happy hour. It's solid stay radio.
The Wallflowers at your local alternative, Solid State Radio. It's happy hour. He's Adam Harahawk. I'm Sean Campbell. Let's get the Michigan stuff out of the way real quick. Because well, they do now. Another report's dropped, this time from the Washington Post, last night after we got off the air, because, of course, these people are really good at timing things so that we can't talk about them while we're doing a show. <laughs> so they reported yesterday that an external investigative firm tipped off the NCAA with evidence of signal stealing it obtained from computer drives accessed by Michigan coaches, setting off a new set of questions. Well, namely, first question, what, what were these investigators looking for on these computer drives in the first place? Now, right. uh, that's kind of a bit concerning. Yeah. Is this have, does this have anything to do with the computers that got seized from Matt Weiss last season? Ooh. I'm kind of wondering. Must be because, well, we all thought, you know, kitty porn or anything like that. But look, maybe, maybe this was it. Right. The Washington Post reported the investigative firm that discovered the scheme found records that indicated that Michigan planned to send scouts to more than 40 games featuring 10 opponents this season at a cost of more than $15,000. The schedule included as many as eight games involving rival Ohio State and four or five in which Georgia was playing. Now, the firm didn't present any evidence that Harbaugh was directly involved in the science-stealing scheme, but the organization, Michigan football itself, was very much involved in this. The firm provided NCAA officials with photographs of people it believed were scouts working for Michigan, including current students who were working as interns inside the football program. Videos the scouts purportedly took while attending games were then uploaded to a computer drive maintained and accessed by Stallions, as well as several other Michigan assistants and coaches. How the firm obtained access to the computers is among the most important unanswered question. A person familiar with the Michigan case told ESPN that all I know is no reputable private investigation firm is going to sit down with the NCAA and show them information without being able to explain how they acquired it. <laughs> uh, I, I would kind of like fell to know, off a truck. Yeah, crazy, crazy. You know, just randomly happened to find this thing one day, just sitting around. But damning, if nothing else, I, I feel like it about blows the narrative of you know the org- that you know. Everything short of Harbaugh didn't know what was going on. It all seems to be blown out of the water. Michigan was basically directly paying people, you know, buying tickets for staff to attend and report on games and stuff. They had a whole computer drive with video. Like, there's no denying what's going on here now. Oh, yeah. Harbaugh knows exactly what's going on. And he hasn't learned from the whole recruitment uh, thing, the whole during, having meetings during COVID and so instead of just admitting that he did it, he's he's gonna he's gonna try to skirt it because he and so many of these guys had this hubris to think, oh, well, I'm I'm above the law essentially. I'm not gonna get caught. They're not gonna do anything to me. All that <laughs> like that's how these people seem to think. Exactly. And you just you can't do that. So I pose to you a question then, sure. because the NCAA is going to eventually, they're gonna come down on this. They're going to nail Michigan to the wall in some capacity. Now, taking this from the, se- the point of the season that you're currently at, you have the two games that actually matter still yet to play on your schedule. You're in the driver's seat for the Big Ten title. You're at least in contention for a natty this year. And you don't know how long Harbaugh's playing on sticking around. If NCAA comes to you tomorrow and says, all right, you got two options, you can either... Punt on this season, meaning you won't be eligible for the playoffs this year. The, the run is basically over. You're not going to be contending in Indy for a Big Ten title, any of that. And then we move on. Or 
you, you can just keep waiting for the NCAA to finish up their full investigation, at which point if they don't like what they found, it, you, if you win a natty this season, all that gets vacated, all the banners, all the stuff get vacated, and, oh, by the way, you're probably next season going to get effed in some way too. Yeah. Uh, at that point, you roll the dice. I mean, why say, okay, we'll definitely not win a championship. We'll definitely uh, take our lumps as opposed to maybe they won't find what they're looking for because, again, like a private investigator is going to have to rely, uh, let his sources be, or her sources be known, and that's going to be harder than they think. I say roll the dice. And I tend to agree with you. I mean, realistically, you don't know that Jim Harbaugh is going to be here in 2024 no matter what happens. He's probably going to bolt before he gets in trouble, much like Pete Carroll back at USC. Like, he's not going to stick around to see how this plays out. You have him right now, and you have basically this rather finite window to do what you need to do and win, win you a title. We don't have, at least in this universe that I'm aware of, we don't own, we don't possess uh, the technology like the mind erasers from Men in Black. So they can <laughs> vacate the wins if they want to. They can tell you, oh, that, that thing you watched didn't happen, but that doesn't make it not have happened. Yep. There's, they'll still have won a natty, and, that, and that's just the way it is. Like, now, we know we won a natty. You don't, we don't care if you don't acknowledge that we won a natty because we did. Now, of course, they're going to go for it. I mean, if nothing else, didn't the, the movie The Blues Brothers teach us something where Elwood and Jake they were playing their hearts out at the, sh at the final show, surrounded by cops, knowing they're about to get arrested. They could have stopped the show. They could have said, okay, you know what, guys, we got to get going. Here, put me in handcuffs. And that would have been the end of the movie. But no, Jake and Elwood, they kept going. <laughs> they kept playing. And then they found a hole in the stage and they escaped. Exactly. That's the important thing, really. No, I, actually, they, got, they did get arrested, did they? Well, yeah, they did eventually yeah. after they got to the whatever the treasurer's office in Chicago or whatever. Yeah, but they got done what they needed to do, and then they got punished. I feel like that's probably the – because, I mean, because the option exists. Like, you could try the, like, the, the self the, – the admit we effed up and get the, do the self-suspension thing, and teams have done that before, certainly. Michigan tried to do that with their, self, their suspension of Harbaugh earlier this year thinking that it would get the NCAA off their back to an extent. And it, uh, spoiler alert, it didn't. But a lot of the time, that sort of thing does work. And giving up on the playoffs is a huge forfeit for a team that was very much in contention to win it all and still is. I mean, if, but if, I agree. Right, if right now, if uh, the Wolverines were sitting at like two, three losses, I'd say, you know, you know what? Might as well take it now. Take your lumps now, but I mean things are things are rolling, things are legitimately rolling. Uh, you got to make hay when the sun shines, right? And I think if they're going to go investigate it, then they need to get every other ball program to pinky swear that they also haven't been stealing signs. Well, good luck with get that. Get them all. You'd like well, you'd like that to happen, but we also know it's not going to. Yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> I just don't see this ending any other way the longer this drags out. Like, you're going to end up... They're going to vacate wins. They're going to vacate Big Ten titles. They could vacate your potential natty, which, I again, is stupid. And, you know, 
one of those things where thankfully they can't do that in, in the, the major, in actual professional leagues because, you know, collective bargaining agreements don't allow for, you know, just here, we're, the, we're all collectively going to pretend this title didn't happen. So thankfully. like in the record books in the 2023 season, it just is blank? Yes. Like that, that's a thing. That is absolutely a thing that's been done. <laughs> like they'll, they, they seriously, like you, you don't see it happen very often, but. Happened in basketball, didn't it? Yeah. It, well, it did to the, to the Fab Five. Michigan had their title just vacated. Oh, that's right. I guess I forgot about it because I still consider the, them to have been winners. Well, yeah, as both people in the state of Michigan still do. Like, I'm, I'm looking back here to see, like, how often, like, this is a thing that has happened. Like, I'm, I'm rather admittedly curious about this. Like, the, I, I don't, like I said, I don't think it happens often, but it has happened enough over the years that it is very much a, um, a possibility. So, okay, so they really did, like, oh, so they just named the, the runner-up as the... <laughs> is that just what they did for those oh, years? How would you like to be that team? Like, all right, well, I guess you are the winner now. Uh, okay, we are the champions. That'd be a lackluster way to get a natty. Yeah, it really would. That would suck. <laughs> Oh. I mean, they, they still play We Are the Champions by Queen, but it's sung by William Hung. Oh, God. That sounds like the, wor- the, the literal worst thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's a situation that I, I you know, for, for their sake, I hope that it doesn't have to come down that way. But at least, like I said, take comfort in that you could say you were there at the game when they won a national title, no matter what the NCAA tries to pull on you afterwards. Here's, uh, here's Capital Theater at South State Radio. New West, your local alternative, South State Radio. Okay, so I went and looked into it. So uh, as far as basketball goes, no national title winners ever had to vacate. A couple runner-ups have, including the Wolverines, uh, the Fab Five teams, and Memphis about 15 years ago. But I'm not seeing where a actual national title has like been vacated. I mean, there was other than, oh, no, wait, that's not true. In, in football, there was one. USC in 05, the one where uh, Pete Carroll ended up getting the hell out of town ah. after that, that year. Because that's why he just mysteriously, oh, oh I'm going to go coach in the NFL now. See you later. <laughs> so technically, they won a national championship that year, and then that ended up being vacated, quote unquote. So I, so I guess there was exactly one. I don't see any vac- vacation of it. I think. Uh, they would probably have some sort of sanction on recruitment. Yeah, I would imagine something like that's absolutely going to happen. Like, you're going to not be able to... You're like going to lose scholarships and things of that nature. If Harbaugh comes back next season, he probably gets suspended. You know, all that stuff. Like, Again? <laughs> or just n- not allowed to coach for like a year or something. And he just also mysteriously exits to take a gig in the NFL. How about that? You, you could almost see that happening. Yeah, they're like, hey, Roger Goodell, you're still going to honor this suspension. <laughs> yeah, right. No. Yeah, about that. Yeah. So speaking of, so speaking of, of people cheating in sports and competitive things of that nature. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so 
So a story, an update on a story that our uh, good friend Drew Duffney brought us, I believe, last year on this show. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Ottawa Senators player that got suspended for 41 games for gambling. You know what? Okay. <laughs> Have at it. I, he was an, they say he was an unsigned player, but apparently he was like a prospect or something of the Ottawa Senators. And okay. It must, they are really cracking down. I, he must have been betting on NHL games. They don't mess around with that sort of thing. Now, no. now that you're at the point where every single major sporting league is in bed with a sports book or two, this is going to be more and more of a thing. They're going to be more stringent about it because now they, they really you know, don't want to get on the bad side of Fan Kings or Draft Duel or whatever. Shane Pinto, suspended 41 games, becomes the first modern NHL player banned for gambling. NHL suspended Ottawa Senators forward. Okay, maybe he was with the team. Making the 22-year-old American the first modern-day hockey player banned for sports gambling. So for what it's worth, and I I did look a little bit into this, um, they did not find any evidence of him actually betting on NHL games. And, wow, this is his third – this is season number four for him in the league. Oh, wow. Or, well, it was going to be. He hasn't played a game this year yet. He played a full 82 games last year, 20 goals, 15 assists, for whatever that might be worth. Sure. But, yeah, it is unclear how he violated the sports wagering policy. According to the NHL, the league's investigation found no evidence that Pinto made any wagers on NHL games. I mean, you imagine if he did, that was you're going to be straight up banned for life. Yeah, Pete Rose style. Pinto had an online gambling account in the U.S. that was flagged by an NHL integrity protection partner, which alerted the league. The Sun writes it was because of unusual activity. This marks the first gambling... Because he was winning. (laughs) Probably. Probably. This marks the first gambling-related suspension in the NHL since the legalization of sports wagering via the Supreme Court in 2018, which opened the door to a flood of partnerships and sponsorship agreements between the league and sports books. The Ottawa Senators, in fact, were the first NHL team to put a gambling advertisement on their helmets back in 2021. <laughs> and what did you expect us to do? I Plot mean, you got twist. Wayne Gretzky walking around. Hey, yeah, yeah. hey, MGM Graham, bet everybody. Good night. I'm the great one. Bye. Right. Like, you have former players coming out endorsing gambling all the time. But don't you do it, whatever you do, or you're getting, you're banned for life. Yeah, I just played a lottery scratch off. Be gone. Basically. I mean, not quite that bad, but so they know he was betting on sports, and that is very much, very much against the rules, as it turns out. Yep, can't do that. Yeah, th- this is this is the age we live in here. Like, you can't, you, yeah. you can promote gambling all you want, but don't you actually do it, because, you know, integrity <laughs> of the games and what have you. Yeah. Not available in these states, and if you actually make money from the sports. Exactly. So you were talking uh, before I sidetracked you. Oh no, that's we'll 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 cut we'll hit that after the break. I think. Okay. Yeah, a, a follow up to a story we brought you. You know, first here on Happy Hour. We'll do it next. It's Happy Hour at Solid State Radio. Sonic Youth, your local alternative, Solid State Radio. What's going on? It's Happy Hour. He's Adam Harehawk. I'm Sean Cantwell, and we have an update on a story we first brought you on this here radio program nearly a year ago. That actually Drew Duffney brought you. Yes. A year ago. Big fisherman. Yes, he is a big fisherman, hunter, outdoorsman, all that good stuff. And he had brought us this story about a couple guys who cheated in a fishing tournament. How the hell do you go about cheating in a fishing tournament? As it turns out, by weighing down your fish with lead weights. (laughs) That's very much apparently frowned upon. Yep. So that happened. And now 
that same guy is in trouble in Pennsylvania for something else. 36-year-old Chase Kaminsky made news headlines and became a target on social media a year ago after he and an Ohio man angered fellow anglers after a video circulated showing officials of a fishing tournament discovering the two had put lead weights in their catch hoping to win lucrative prizes. Both, of course, were sentenced to 10 days in jail, fined, and had their fishing licenses suspended. Now, this last Monday, a Pennsylvania game warden assigned to Mercer County filed eight charges against Kaminsky, alleging that between 2013 and 2021, he harvested several white-tailed deer out of season and without a valid license. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Authorities searched his home in April, seizing three mounted trophy-class antler deer heads labeled with his wife's kill tags. Although licensed, Kaminsky's wife told deer officials or game officials she never killed a deer Deer official, sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. The deer just showed up at the house asking questions. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bunk a- Buck Antler. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is ho- Doe Hoof. <laughs> Although licensed, Kaminsky's wife told game officials she never killed a deer, claiming her husband brought down the animals using guns or crossbows. His hunting license had been suspended from 2008 through 2021 for multiple game law violations. He is scheduled to appear before a judge November 14th to answer questions that include taking big game out of season, failure to attach a tag to big game, and lending a kill tag. (laughs) There's also apparently charges of forgery and theft somewhere involved in all this, where uh, the the guy's a real winner, man. Like, not only did all that happen, he apparently gave his son two fake $100 bills to spend at a bowling alley. (laughs) <laughs> the son has been placed on probation after pleading guilty to theft by deception in that case. So apparently, just once a cheater, always a cheater on literal everything. I mean, I'm not even going to tell you that I'm that I'm particularly upset about the the deer thing. Like, you know what? F them bastards. Yeah, you you know my it. thoughts on deer. This man's a national hero for taking out more deer than allotted. Because trust me, if if my cars were any indication, there's plenty of the little efforts to go around oh yeah only three uh those are rookie numbers you gotta step up your game step up your game like big time because there's they're you're getting a little too brave around here like oh no one's getting us like let's let's just go and just hang out in the middle of m24 (laughs) this will be fun (laughs) look at the the pretty lights (laughs) (laughs) oh there's that sean cantwell guy took out three of our brother and uh last last year let's get him like (laughs) Like, there's, they're somehow getting braver, but also stupider. Yeah. Which I don't know how this is possible, but it's happening. But that's hilarious. So he goes from, you know, doing this and losing his, you know, I assume losing the title prize and everything and, like, having the major, like, having his right to fish taken away. And that and now this, too, this also comes out. Like, oh, he's, yeah. he's just, like, committing fraud every way he can think of to do so. You know he? this guy cheats at Monopoly. Well, I mean... To be fair, you almost have to cheat at Monopoly. Otherwise, that game never, ever effing never, ends. Never will end. He probably, on his way to court, probably shot a bald eagle. <laughs> plucking the feathers off of it right in the waiting room. Right. Stuff. Getting ready to, yeah, doing the taxidermy himself right there in the courthouse. is really impressive. <laughs> do, you, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing about the truth? He's got his hand up, up the rear end of the bald eagle right. making it talk. You sure do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, freedom. <laughs> yeah, uh, freedom and stuff. <laughs> so you actually kill and eat bald eagles? Yep, all the time, Your Honor, because I'm an upstanding citizen. All right, I got to ask, what does a bald eagle taste like? Uh, it tastes like whooping crane. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't... like, what else do you, do you come out with? Yeah, oh, yeah, I've been killing those. I've... There, there's at least... 
20 species that used to exist that now don't because <laughs> of me personally. <laughs> you ever heard of the Alabama titmouse? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, if you could just, you know, take out some more deer, I'd be fine with it. But apparently the law's coming down on them for that. Yeah, I mean, everybody want, anybody who's like an anarchist wants the purge. And I don't know if I want to go with the purge, but I, I do think we need to like get rid of like we can purge deer. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Absolutely, put on your stupid little mask on there and go take out some deer before they jump out in front of our cars again. That I'm totally fine with. Here's Fitz and the Tantrums at Solid State Radio. Judah and the Lion, your local alternative is Solid State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell, and it's that time of the year again. And you know exactly what time I mean—the time of the year where. Once again, we have news stories going out and warning people about the dangers of kids getting drugged candy or whatever. <laughs> and this is where I feel like we need to once again deliver our annual reminder to everybody yep. that druggies aren't giving your kids their perfectly good and expensive drugs. It's not happening. They're not giving drugs. Nobody's giving out cigarettes because uh, Snickers cost more than cigarettes. Right. They're not, they're not giving that out. Uh, you, you hear these stories all the time at this time of the year, but you, you know what you never hear on November 1st? A kid who actually got a hold of some drug-laced candy. Right, unless like they snuck it out of like, their, wherever their parents had it locked up because their parents are potheads. Yeah. Like over in Pennsylvania, the state police are reminding parents to remain vigilant and to always double-check their children's candy. Troopers say there's been a recent uptick in drug-infused candy that has been seized by authorities. Authorities say the candy reportedly mimics the packaging of a normal candy and is often infused with THC or mushrooms. Um, I and, have seen that, though. No, that's absolutely <laughs> a thing, because they sell it here in this state. Yeah. <laughs> There's because, those things that look like a, like the uh, Sour Patch Kids. No, they're not Sour Patch Kids. They get, they'll have you tripping balls. No, that, like, that is actually a legitimate thing. And now, uh, unlike, unlike Pennsylvania, weed's legal here entirely. Yes. So we do have these things that get sold. And these are probably people who are bringing it back from other states where you can sell it. Yeah. Troopers also say they don't allege these candies are intentionally given to children, but are rather reminding parents, guardians, and teachers to thoroughly check the contents of their child's trick-or-treat bags. Uh, so what, are they saying the stoners are too dumb to not put their, oh, that th those are my Skittles uh, edibles, yeah. and put those in there instead? Like, uh, Yeah, I put, I put all my edibles in the same uh, jack-o'-lantern plastic bin yeah. that, right, right next to the, the candy. You know, it's, it's an easy mistake. <laughs> right. I mean, no, you know, this doesn't happen. Yeah, you just notice, like, you know you messed up when next year, like, you know, the same trick-or-treaters come up, they're wearing Bob Marley shirts, and <laughs> they hit your place first. First and possibly only because they don't make it to the next house. Oh, no, we got to go to this place first because you, you get some of this stuff and it makes the whole journey worth it. Really, truly does. I mean... No, no one's giving your kids their drug candy. Like, I'm not saying the drug candy doesn't exist and it is and it, or isn't delicious or anything like that or won't get you stoned off your ass. Right. Potheads ain't giving your kids any of it. No. Like all this, oh, you got to check your children's candy for like razor blades or whatever the hell or. Oh, um, well, those freaks are out there. I don't know that that's a real thing that actually exists. I mean, like, I has mean, it ever actually been documented who, in the who, wild? People who would do that are out there. Have they done it? It's only a matter of time. No, I don't believe I think it. Some, I think some maybe have done it once in the 70s, and they've been checking it ever since. Well, that was the whole thing with the poison candy, and it was yeah. some dude who was, like, poisoning his kids 
like for like to collect life insurance or something. They they debunk wow. that. Wow. Like that was actually a, a like it, it's going to be if it, if that's going to happen, it's going to be somebody you know who's intentionally who who's doing that for something like that. And not, yeah. it's not going to be some rando is just gonna randomly like <laughs> just gets his kicks off of poisoning kids. Yeah. Like that's not a thing. That's not a thing. That's never been a thing. How I trick or treated in Detroit for a great many years as a kid, and that wasn't a thing that came up. Like, I mean, there was the, a time at uh, November first where the sky started bleeding, but I mean, other than that, you know, everything that was, was just one fine. time, Adam, and we don't <laughs> talk about that anymore. The st- I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations hasn't necessarily expired on that one yet. <laughs> yeah, and then your parents were like, "That's it. We're moving to a nice location. Where's a nice location? Uh, up here. Let's try that." <laughs> So much nicer, really, huh? But yeah, I, it's it's just it, it's the same scaremongering that happens every single year, and I don't see why. I don't know how people haven't figured out. I mean, people are, I guess, are that stupid. Handful. Oh, I got I got another stupid story. If we have time for it here next, oh, sure. that I feel like just really doubles down on how dumb people can be. In the meantime, though, here's garbage at Solid State Radio. The replacements at your local alternative Solid State Radio. So you wanted me to just tell you just how stupid some people can be. A retired couple not only lied to their bank after falling under the spell of scammers who stole 86,000 pounds from them. I don't know what that is in American money, but you know someone else will get to the bottom of that. They literally were asked by their bank to send a picture stating they had been warned that their transaction was likely to be a scam. So these two people were so brainwashed by the promise of giving money to their children that they lied when banks tried to stop their payments to fraudsters. They were scammed into taking out loans as well as handing over their life savings. The financial industry said the scam tactic known as the spell was the biggest challenge it faced. So after sharing their phone number, uh, after spotting a social media ad, they, they shared their phone number and were called by someone who apparently invested their money into a bogus cryptocurrency platform. <laughs> which bad enough in itself. They were er- encouraged to open an account with an online banking platform so the transactions could be carried out. They made their first payment of $100, transferring the cash from another account into that one. Within days, they were shown fake information on an app about how their investment had risen to more than 600 pounds. Okay. However, when the couple tried to make a second larger payment, both their original bank and the new one paused the transaction and sent messages warning it could be a scam but their person they were talking to on the phone convinced them otherwise. She was quite angry and tried to encourage me to be angry. She was coaxing me about what I needed to tell the banks and that I needed to be firm with them, so I did. I phoned Virgin. They asked me various questions about what the money was for. I literally just said what she told me to say, that the money was for a holiday. They even asked her if money was being invested in crypto, but because their scammer warned them that, hey, they're going to they're gonna try and they're going to ask you if this is a crypto scam, she lied and said no. <laughs> oh, so they okay. So the story goes. Yes, yeah, so they went on to transfer more money despite bank alerts, and the new bank they set up their account with asked the woman to send a picture of herself holding a sign saying that she had been warned it was likely a scam. <laughs> like there's an actual picture in the article. Like this lady. <laughs> My bank has warned me that this is likely a scam and are unlikely to recover my funds if I proceed with this transaction. Like, literally her with a picture with that sign. Yep. Like, my God. And you still did it anyway. Oh, wow. And the signs were all there. I thought maybe there were were some older people because old 
older generation, they they get scammed a lot. Yeah, th- these people, I feel like, I would guess, like, late 50s. Like, it says they're a retired couple, but, yeah. like, so they they tried to withdraw their money once they got up to, like, 80 grand, and uh, they their person told them it would be released, but after waiting several hours, the, quote, penny finally dropped. Like, all, they just disappeared from the face of the earth, and these people are now $50,000 in debt. Oh, my God. Like that's horrible. Th- th- that is, but I mean, oh, when yeah. when literally you're being told by your bank this is a scam, like we're not like going to be liable for this if you lose everything. There's nothing we can do about it. In fact, we're, I'm going to need you to send me a picture telling me just what a moron you are that you accept that you are indeed <laughs> a moron. Then <laughs> I don't yep. know, then I don't know what to tell you if you're still like not convinced after that that maybe something's a bit amiss here. Yeah, these people are the same people who uh, they go through life just thinking that their ship's going to come in. Their lucky break is, you know, right around the corner. Especially the people who are, you know, and I, I'm not bagging on Christians. I am one, but there's going to be a, there's a lot of people. That, oh, well, God's looking out for me, and I've got to take advantage of this opportunity because this is God uh, giving me this opportunity. Right. That's, but that that's the thing, and people don't get that. Like. No one's just waiting around to send you free money. That's not how this works. It, like, and like these investment, like in crypto scams and things are just that scams. Like it's all, it, it is pretty BS when you look in, like literally do more than 30 seconds of research into it. It becomes apparent fairly quickly that not all is what it's, what it claims to be. Right. But you know, some people just have to, to learn that lesson several times. You got to burn your hand on the stove about twenty five times before it finally <laughs> apparently these people do yeah. gets through to you that you know it's kind of effing hot. So I mean, they got their money taken out, and d- did they go to the bank saying, "Hey, uh, help us now, <laughs> help us, Mister Banker, sir"? I'm pretty sure they did, and I don't think they're going to. Like they just says, yeah, "Well, now they're out the money. They've lost their life savings. Oh well." Virgin said it had strict controls in place to identify vulnerability and prevent our customers from becoming victims of scams. A spokesperson for the other banks said it was sorry to hear the couple had been targeted by ruthless and highly sophisticated criminals and that it invests heavily to protect and support customers. Yeah, nothing about, like, them getting their money back. Like, basically, well, you're aft. Uh, I have lifting story to go out on today. Yeah, I know. (laughs) All the signs were there. You know, sometimes uh, you got to... Got to listen to people who know what they're talking about. Right. Sometimes that sign just has to smack you across the face a couple times to sink in. Yep. Or take all your money. Whichever. It's Happy Hour at Solid State Radio. Happy Hour at Solid State Radio. He's Adam Harehawk. I'm Sean Cantwell. We're getting set to get the hell out of Dodge here on a Thursday afternoon. But don't worry. Turn over the airwaves next to a full hour of Michigan-made music on America's favorite Michigan-made music show, Solid State Sessions. Back tomorrow with three with the picks, unsolicited advice, and all that other nonsense. Talk to you then. See ya.